I don't know really how to start this. Like, I was going to, like, either shout, like, my woman from that highway chase scene or don't stop <laughs> me now from the uh, the end of the movie. You know what? I kind of hate that they used that because it automatically made me think of Hot Fuzz, uh, not Hot Fuzz, but Shaun of the Dead. Um, but I was going to say, yeah, you should have gone back to your old style and picked one of the one of your favorite songs from this soundtrack and started it that way because you were right last week, man. This, this soundtrack kills. And, I, I, you know, as I go to the record store, I still see it in the vinyl section of soundtracks. And I'm like, why is this it's still here? Because I hadn't seen it in a bit. And no, dude, you you nailed it, man. This soundtrack kills. Like the movie. Like the movie. Welcome to the Much Movie Podcast, everybody. Hello. Um, that was exactly the movie I needed to see after today. Um, today we are, will be talking about Hardcore Henry. Mm-hmm. But first! <laughs> Why was, with the screaming? We got news! You have 30 minutes, go! <laughs> uh, well, um, I'm gonna start it out with a... One that you guys probably don't know very well, and that's that James Lip- James Lipton died today. Yeah, I actually knew that though. Jay, uh, I, as in, know James Lipton very well. Did you? How many? Did you ever spend time watching Inside the Actor Studio, the old ones? No, that I don't. <laughs> did you ever watch the Will Ferrell sketches of him? No. Do you remember when he did his stint on Arrested Development? Yes. James Lipton is great. Uh, James Lipton had this show called Inside the Actor Studio. Um, it was a big hit in the late '90s, and then they brought they brought it back recently, but uh, without him, with like actors talking to other actors. Um, but he was great. He always um, he looked like me, uh, but with like a fully bald head with the hair on the side, uh, beard. He uh, always wore a suit. He had a tiny table, and he did it on a stage full of other actors. Um, at the actor studio, Bradley Cooper famously asked a question during an episode when he was uh, a youngling, uh, uh, Jedi, and uh, he had this stack of cards, this giant stack of cards, and he would just pull these few cards off the top. <laughs> he would never use all the cards, but they were excellent questions, and at the very end, he always asked the same series of questions that he figured to be, I think he read somewhere and he announces it every time, that the um, questions came from a famous interviewer who thought these were the most important and best questions to ask anybody. And then he would ask him, and it would be like, "What?" It would always end with, "What would you want God to say to you as you entered the pearly gates?" And I forgot what his answer was, and I should have looked it up. But James Lipton was great. He had all, he had a sense of humor about himself. He was a great interviewer. He'll be missed. Yeah. I'm trying to see if I remember him from anything. Somebody mentioned Phase 4 stuff got announced. Uh, um, don't, hang on. I heard like a Fantastic Four movie was coming in 2023. No idea. I don't know anything. I, I, know, I know people are talking about like Venom 2 because we saw a bunch of that stuff. but That's for this year, yeah. No, this was... This somebody mentioned that there was announcements for Phase Four movies coming down the pipeline that they have and their dates. So that's when I was like, "Oh, that I didn't even see that. I guess I just ignored that." Nope. The only ones I know about is that like Spider-Man Three is a thing, of course. And then 
I don't think the TV shows actors got confirmed. Well, then I've been hurt. I've been hearing some punani shenanigans, or I just need to do research. Probably. Um, I'm not calling shenanigans just. I know the other thing is that um, they confirmed that Charlie Cox is going to be in the MCU at some point. So Daredevil is staying. Daredevil or Charlie Cox's uh, version of Daredevil is staying. It might not be the actual like Netflix version, but like Matt Murdock Daredevil played by Charlie Cox is going to be in it. Yeah, Daredevil. Um, they also like confirmed that they are going to remake Iron Fist with an Asian American actor. Um, interesting. Okay, I mean that's a good choice. It, it, I wonder how it's going to part with um. The one that they've got going right now. I, I forgot. Well, who the uh, guy is. Got fired. <laughs> uh, no, no, no. I'm talking about the movie. I'm talking about the the kung fu movie that Marvel's making. Oh well, that's that's the thing. They they say he's gonna be in that movie. That's where they're gonna introduce the new actor. Got it. He's gonna be. It's gonna be like when they did when they oh, did Iron Man three. They're gonna be like, so you still Iron Fist? Got it. Yeah, um, the weird thing that actually kind of annoys me, though, is that traditionally the character is a blonde hair, blue-eyed, white person. I know, but this, this is the perfect time to change it. Why not? Sam's used a different universe. Chris is, like, having a mental breakdown. Now, I, 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 um, yeah, man. And it was this. It was back then, dude. Back then was crazy racist. Not like now. True. We're all we're all good now. <laughs> oh yeah, we're good. Hold on. <laughs> I'm laughing about something. Uh, we can. It can wait. If you've got any other news, I want to. I want to talk about something. I don't got anything. Do you got anything, Alex? Not, nothing in news, so you can go, Chris, and then I was going to see if you guys saw anything interesting. Um, Zach? Yes, sir? You're going to want to leave. Why? Um, it's, it's, we're talking about that movie. Oh, I already knew about that. No, we were no, talking no. about that prior to this. He's, he's, back, he's back to zero again. He's cool. He wants to talk about it again. I actually don't want to talk about it, but like we'll talk about it. That's fine. You talk. You talk for like ten minutes with me about it. <laughs> yeah, but but the difference is, Alex. Is I understand. The difference, Alex, is I know you have self control over yourself. <laughs> well, Chris is the fan, and I deserve. To, we all deserve to hear what he, his thoughts are about his favorite thing. Okay, Chris. So Palpatine was a clone. I hate Star Wars. No. <laughs> <laughs> Palpatine was a clone Apparently. of Palpatine in oh. the Rise of Skywalker. Sure, yeah. yeah. It's super. It's super dumb. Chris, are are you suddenly a Monty Python monk? Hey, I would say, Chris, my favorite thing about this is that we're learning more stuff about the movie that should have been explained in the movie months afterwards. It's just my favorite thing about when they... It just proves how much they should have explained in the movie that we keep hearing, like, after the fact. But outside of that, um, 
I'm not surprised. I love, and I was telling Zach this too. I watched Red Letter Media. I watched their thing. They were pro Rise of Skywalker. And watching Mike try to like explain excitedly his theory about Palpatine was, it was filling a lot of holes and ideas for what was clearly either it was him and not never going to be explained why he survived that, the explosion and the vaporization and all that stuff. Or it was a clone and it would be worse because it means there could be more and you could always bring it back and it's never fully explained either and it's just like, just as dumb. So he turned out to be wrong and they made a video about how stupid he is as a joke because they have a sense of humor about, humor about themselves. But it just goes to show like the, they like it so they're filling in all these holes and I get it. But at the end of the day, it's trickling down months after the movie. It's just, you're giving us the information you should have put in the movie down the line. Yep. There was one, there was another thing that happened that got revealed. What? What? The, okay. So this is all coming from the novelization that leaked out of, uh, um, some kind of comic convention in uh, Chicago. Sure. Now the novel's trying to tell me it's, Alex, it's looking me in the eye, right? It's looking me directly in the eye, straight-faced. So am I from the tree. Telling me that kiss between Ray and Ben Solo was non-romantic. Was not romantic. Damn it, Zach! (laughs) I loved how those were the exact words he used, and you still heard them. It was just like someone, it's like someone running... (laughs) And they can't stop. Oh, it's good. Um, well, first of all, how the, how the, why? Why? Guys, just commit. She likes him. They had a connection. They couldn't explain it. They were attracted to each other. Like, who cares? You committed to it. Why bro, are you going to say bro, that? Bro, bro, you bro. You didn't know. Alex, it's very like, oh, and then we kissed. But it wasn't a romantic bro. thing. Because Ben's got to tell me something. And I'm waiting for him to tell me first before I tell him first. <laughs> You're telling me. That she didn't have a romance with that dad bod that he had in Last Jedi. He has a good bod. He just had bad pants. <laughs> yeah, because they were up to his nipples. Anybody can get a bad tailor. It's the dark side. Inferno's <laughs> 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 dark side only has cookies. <laughs> I mean, they have good construction. <laughs> <laughs> I admit, but those those construction crews always leave one damage point that the rebels can always hit, which you know that's pretty bad. And then on top of that, like, yeah, oh, man, people are bad. He's gonna he's gonna give him bad pants because that guy's on the dark side. And I guarantee you, Kylo is like, these pants are weird, and he's like, damn right they are. And he's like, good job, dark side. You want to get some good pants? Get these pants. I thought I was done with this movie. I thought I was done. And now it just... I need to read this book, okay? I need to read this book. Just out of morbid curiosity. Yes, I was. I was, but now I'm more interested than ever, but for the absolute wrong reason. I want to know what else they retcon. Uh, <laughs> it's an autopsy. You're pulling an autopsy on a dead animal. No, that's exactly what happens sometimes when you're a fan of something. There are things that I love that are bad by people that, like, there are people I love who have made stuff that is so bad that I, it's morbid curiosity. You're just like, yeah, all right, no. Because you're a fan, you love the universe and you want to know as much as you can about the thing you love. 
but you're just yeah you're right it's for the wrong reasons but they're also fun i want you to stay a star wars fan man because like they're giving everyone a break <laughs> we haven't we've had a star wars movie every year since 2015 it's it's a break t- it's break time now they they kind of fumbled the ball and now we all need to just like take like go home drink it off and br- just sleep have a nice easy sunday then we'll all come back and make Alex. movies again Stay a fan are you telling me that disney Took advice from the Minnesota Vikings on this franchise. Oh, All right, that's it. No. That's it. That no, no. This is not Coke artist. Absolutely not. not no, Star we're not doing this. Star Wars goes big this. or it goes home. That's the thing. The original trilogy went big and it went home with champions. The prequel trilogy went home, went big, and failed big, and it, and has come out with positive. <laughs> It's because of it. There are people who love that series, and I am a firm believer that the original stories in it, and there are a lot of new things that are being done in it, weird stuff. There are problems with the story and the acting, sure, but like there's new things in that movie that don't even compare to the new stuff in, in the new trilogy. It's just the new trilogy is really safe, and it doesn't like it. It pull it pulls away at the last second. It doesn't and go yeah, big. It's yeah, like, Alex, you're about to make me. a touchdown, and it's like oh, I don't want to do it. Yeah, so you're telling me, Chris, Alex. That they choked in the fourth quarter. <laughs> but I can you like that. not? <laughs> like I was for real? Say, can you like not? Push his button. No, but I don't think that's like the Minnesota Vikings. They you need because no, you Zach, no. no, because no, because and then the this last is, part of the game they choke. <laughs> this is new to Star Wars. This is all of this is new. They haven't. They've either failed big or they've won big. They've never just kind of whiffed it. They've never been they either they either they're the people who jump on a table at a party drunk and everyone cheers, or they're the person who wins big and gets the girl and like tells a joke and everyone laughs. They've never been the guy who comes in with the weird outfit who's like, hey, you guys want to see some magic tricks? And then everyone just kind of like turns around and walks away. They've never been that guy. They've never been the guy that people forget immediately after seeing him. And that's what this is. This new trilogy just kind of happened and everyone's kind of like all right, cool. Um, summer camp's over. We're all gonna go home and forget we're friends now. Like, we need a break. True. Uh, but you're right to look at a morbid curiosity like this because this movie's not good in a lot of ways. This movie will be studied for years to come. Yeah, it's an it's a it's a certain it's an anomaly for sure. Okay, hang on. I'm uh. All right, are we ready to? Is that it then? Um, you saw Sonic, didn't you? I did see Sonic. I did see Sonic. Hey, Chris, how was Sonic? It was. It was better than what I was expecting. Not as good as Detective Pikachu, but I didn't hate it. Uh, How? Go ahead, Zach. So Sonic was fun. It was all right. Yeah. Just all right. Yeah, it was all right until the end. How was that end thing? Yeah, it was great. The end thing was great. I'm not telling. I'm not going to say. I'm going to say what it is. I'm not going to say what it is. Assuming it has something to do with the hey change guys, of look. Spoiler alert! And I'm going to say spoiler alert because the movie's been out for three weeks. And Alex, you- turn it off. I was going to say I haven't seen. I'm going to yes, put my earphones. Would on. you please control yourself? Okay. Uh, would you please control yourself for five okay. freaking minutes, Chris? Thank you for coming to my side and my aid. I appreciate it. You're the sweetest. Zach, I'm making an executive decision, and I'm telling you to spoil it for me. 
right, fine. I'm making it. I'm, it was, if I didn't want to, I would have said so. And Chris, you are right. But Zach, I'm going to let you do it because um, I'm going to see this regardless because I like both Jim Carrey and Ben Schwartz. Um, Tails shows up at the end. That's cool. Oh, yeah. Now the universe is getting cooking. The Chosen One has arrived. Tails, you're a Tails man? Yeah, I'm a Tails guy. Um, yeah, I like so I mean... So, to, to briefly just kind of cover a little... I'm not going to go too spoiler, but the movie ends very... I feel conclusive until we get to the mid credit scene where they have Tails show up and they set up a future storyline, which I'm happy that's where they ended because I think if they gotten too deep on Chaos Emeralds, things would have gotten weird and Sonic, oh, has, no. Sonic has a franchise, has this terrible knack for once a Chaos... Emeralds show up that it's just MacGuffin City. And every mm. single new thing they do is a MacGuffin that's solved by the, the, the literal things that are inspired by the MacGuffin of all MacGuffins, which is, you know, the Infinity Stones. So, <laughs> because that's Chris, literally what... Do you, Chris, do you think that that's where the Transformers movies got all their MacGuffins from MacGuffin City? Yeah. MacGuffin City. Well, no, take me down to MacGuffin City. The, no, well, they got it from the 50 cent MacGuffin City. How, how stupid would it be to the guy to be the guy who can't find his MacGuffin in MacGuffin City? His, his tale is to find his MacGuffin in MacGuffin City. But they're all MacGuffin. Exactly. Also, I will say, this is the Sonic Origin story that I've that I needed to see, honestly. Yeah, interesting. I um, Chris, I, I guess briefly, uh, what do you think of the the slight like Knuckles reference at the start of the movie? Okay, so that was fine. I wasn't. I was never really a big Knuckles guy. He's a big like, whatever. So here's the thing. Um, so, like I said, this is the so- this is the Sonic origin story that I really needed to see because like before when I got when I started getting into this uh, universe. Um, in games, I'm like, Sonic is just a prick. He's just an egotistical <laughs> douche. You know? Even... <laughs> Full disclosure, I read the comics. <gasps> the comics aren't nearly as good as the video games, though. But they're still good. But <laughs> they're, Sonic no, they're better. Is... No, they're not. Better than, the, better than the ones, better than any game after Adventure 2. I was going to well, say, Sonic Adventure 2 is the best game. Okay, game they're better than story. anything after 2. Sure, but everything it's after 2 is terrible. That's what I'm saying. But everything after 2 is terrible. So okay, so then I'm right. Okay, so any, anyway. Much. Chris, that's any, like anyway. <sighs> so. Because, like, okay, so, like, Sonic. Shit shit. <laughs> so, okay, so. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, so, so wait, you're comp- comics to a game one's the story and one's like meant to challenge you uh on a totally different brain level there is a story in sonic oh sure, it's a challenging it's a, a sonic, sonic is a sonic games are are challenging for the mind like after two it just turns it, they change the method anyway I just, so like, homeless and like lose his job at a certain point and have to do no, it's worse in the comics he's a cuck he gets <laughs> How you use that word? Oh my god! Because I wait a second now. Because I have to clarify this. What do you mean by cuck? What happened 
was that <laughs> this is a comic this was a comic book. Um of course it's a Chris, comic. do I have to look up cuck on Urban Dictionary to explain to you what it means? It's two different meanings because there's a, there's literally the biblical version he's talking about, and then there is the Urban Dictionary version, which is why we've had this we've had this conversation before. I need Chris to clarify it. Do you mean that he is having an affair, or someone's having an affair on him? Is that what you're saying? No, he is having an affair. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Because the other thing, again, I have to explain this to you. The other word, the other meaning for cuck is the guy who watches his girlfriend have sex with another man. He just sits there and watches it and gets pleasure out of that. So, so I'm just so saying So what happened was Tails was smitten for another woman, right? Please. And then like so what happens is like Sonic accidental this reminds me of Zack Ryder and John Cena and wrestling. Anyway, so like so like Tails oh, gets mad and then there's like on the planet they're on or dimension, there's like this civil war like brewing because like it's like Iran. So, um, so Tails's parents lead a coup, and that means and that kind of pits Tails and Sonic against each other, but it's more emotional than that because Sonic cock blocked Tails for the girl he was at a crush on. And Tails got pissed, so they fought, and Tails kicked his ass. <laughs> okay, so that's not a cuck. So it's not a cuck. Uh, so it, I've heard it phrased like, that way, though. I've heard it phrased know, that. I've heard it used that know, way, though. Cuck block was correct. Cuck, I believe, the way you're talking about, they need to be married. In a relationship when you're just like, like, if your friend is into somebody and your other friend gets, in, gets involved, that's a cock block for sure. If they were dating, he'd be a cheater. But if they're married that's when you use the biblical phrase cuck and then my version okay. is just way dirty <laughs> <laughs> my version actually involves sex but you what you're talking about i believe for them to be a cuckold on a on like an old-timey way they have to be married okay we all learn- just a cheat only, only, only on the my podcast, podcast everybody well no i mean like it's just the more you know the more you know um, so that's the Sonic the Hedgehog comics. Wow, so he's just like a cockblocker who like tries to steal his friend's girls. That's crazy. He wasn't trying, but he wasn't like apologizing for it. Wait, also, he was just, did, like being did, like really. For? Also, he was being condescending to Tails. Is like he's just a kid, you know, well, kind of like that. That is, that is super condescending. But well, wait, wait, wait. So did he cockblock him or but I'm. I'm trying to wonder what he didn't apologize for if he didn't cockblock him. No, he did. Okay. But on accident. But he oh. kind of sort of knew. No, let, let me ask you this. Was he intentionally trying to date her or be with her too? Or did he just do something that embarrassed Tails? I, I think it's the latter. Okay. So he's just a douchebag. Yes. So, anyway. I wanted to know part of this comic win. I just wanted to see, like, I wanted to see how far it went. You probably find, a, it. like, a dramatic reading online somewhere. Well, the other thing that I find interesting that I hear about the movie is that the the way that Ben Schwartz has been explaining it in the interviews, because I love watching him in interviews in general, he's been explaining it as what he responded to the character was that Sonic had been locked away for so long that he had this little kid mentality. Boom. Mostly he was more 
world was so big to him and he just really wanted to explore it because it had been locked away so long, which is a completely different attitude from what I understand he kind of is in the games, which is a dick. Yes, but I can, I, I can kind of understand why now I kind of get, and I was like, oh, so that's why he was a total, that's why he was a total dick in the game, in the games and the comics to an extent. But so like, okay, so for, to understand, he was is like his, like he was taught that his power was very dangerous and people were going to come for him, like for his power. And like he was told, of never like avoid people, okay. Don't be seen. Remain a secret, right? So, <laughs> um, so that kind of like creates a separate separation. And now all he has is himself. So he becomes like so ten years of being alone and like dimension hopping. He becomes a schizophrenic and um like a lonely schizophrenic. And he's just like I don't have anybody. And then like. He then he develops relationships and now he's just like over the moon, just like now he can't shut up. Sweet. Got it. No, I get it now. I get it. But he's still a dick. <laughs> Fair enough. But at least I understand why he's a dick. Anyway. We had six minutes to spare. Okay, good. <laughs> Sonic uh, takes Zach, Zach, did you see anything? Uh, no, I was out of town all weekend, so. Nice. Um, I rewatched uh, Rebel Without a Cause, and you know what? That movie's great. What movie? Rebel Without a Cause. James Dean, oh, baby. Cool. Rebel Without a Cause. It's a great movie. Yeah, it's a pretty good one. He is acting circles around everyone, and it's amazing. He's pulling a Heath Ledger before Heath Ledger. Mm, better. <laughs> um... Yes, because James Dean only made three performances in two years, I believe, and then he died. That's why everyone was like, oh, Heath Ledger pulled a James Dean. Uh... James James Dean did not win any of his three performances, but he did get nominated for two of his three performances. I see. He is that good. Um, Okay. (laughs) Okay, movies, but like James Dean was killer in all three things he did. He had he was all killer, no filler, and then he just got his car wrecked at Paso Robles. Oh, huh, that sucks. Yep. Anyway, they say his car is cursed. <laughs> nah, yes, that is true. That is very true. People still get it. It's true. All right. Okay. So- do you want anything to go? else? Well, okay. I I don't have anything else really. Okay. We're good then. Yeah. Uh, so so Zach could not catch this movie okay. today. Uh, but I did give him a chance to catch a couple scenes. He saw the the shootout where they try to get um the guy uh, the cripple down the building and then he also saw um the road chase to get an idea and then um i was slowly explaining what Charto copley's part is in the movie but i wanted to see if you wanted to explain it to him since you love it so much first and then i just clean up the pieces when you're done this movie rules <laughs> neat all right we're done all right let's go <laughs> <laughs> it um, is awesome. okay the thing about this movie that i like 
is how like okay so its story is super bland and really out there mm-hmm. fine this movie is 100% an experiment and that at its core is why i love it i like this experimentation it did did it work no its box office numbers were low as far as i could tell it did step is out of it do you think this as a movie works as a movie this i think this works for me i just bought everything it's like this movie is so insane and mm-hmm. like it's the good kind of insane like the an insanity that makes sense to anybody who would like like dig this level of like this this movie this movie has like a linear insanity to it whereas i felt like from the outside who didn't get like what freddy got fingered <laughs> was um um trying to do or accomplish as a satire of its genre like this felt like a contr- this this is what i felt like was a like controlled mayhem um I- but like the villain is a Sith Lord. He is a combination of Crispin Glover from Back to the Future if he sounded like Tommy Wiseau. No. like I guarantee you. I guarantee you. Crazy fan theory. Funny. He is a Sith Lord who was cast out to another galaxy and he landed on Earth. Oh, because of his, te- because of his force powers? Yes. Force don't make you bleed, though. But on Earth they do. It's a different science. Giggity. There are clones. Um, uh, yeah, he's a freaking clone. All right. Um, okay. Uh, oh. So he has to time travel too, because it's a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. Um, that is true. Space, space and time. Uh, but the, hey, man, the Earth is part of the universe. The Force is part of the universe, and it's no, gotta... you know what? He was eaten by a space whale, and a space whale went through hyperspace, but too fast, whereas it tore through space and time, landed, um, came out near Earth, vomited, and then died, and then hurled towards the sun. And then Akan landed, and now he is a billionaire Sith Lord without a lightsaber. I'll go with all of that, except instead of vomiting up, he gets him out. I'll take that. Agreed. I will take that. We're good. We have re- That's a deal. I think we settled on it. Zach, okay, you're a witness. All decided. He's a Sith Lord that was shit out by a space wheel. Giggity. <laughs> um, I'm shaking Alex's uh, clone. Yep. I, it's uh, inside the house while I am still in the tree. <laughs> um, so, Char- okay, so Charlotte Copley, he's awesome in this movie. Um, Wait, no, no, no. Explain the story to Zach. Okay. Zach needs so... to the story. He's seen, the, he's seen what the movie is, but it, like I told him that you would tell him the story because it's really simple in general. Beginning to end. The story. Play the movie in two minutes. Okay, hold on. You said it was some. I I could. Hold on. Let's let's. I'm gonna I'm gonna challenge myself. Two minutes. Two minutes. Do you need to see the clock? Yes. (laughs) You offered it. You offered offered the expectation. Yeah, because that's what he. That's that's his mo. He has to see everything. You're damn right. I do. Fair enough. (laughs) I like that expectation. Chris, Chris, imagine the day when I tell you you don't have to show. Well, I then I'll be out of money. 
I feel like that's the day you're going to look at me and be like, we're best friends forever. And you'll live together and like travel the world in a hot balloon. What about a hot time machine? You see this, Zach? Two minutes. Sure. Okay. Three, two, one, go. Okay. Chris, that's horrible. Why do you porn on here? (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. That was really funny. (laughs) I just don't know what started. (laughs) Okay. Anyway, go ahead. Keep going. You okay, get I stopped. Time. I reset the clock. Cool. <laughs> I'm sorry, that made me giggle. Something about spilling. Probably a dirty joke. Explicit. What? Um. All right. Three, two, one, go. All right. So Henry, still have an oven. Two nuns in a cup. Stop, Zach. Go, Chris. Go, Chris. All right, fine. We're not doing the two minutes. I'm going to take my freaking time. Uh, <laughs> wait, fine, too. I'm, I'm not done. doing two minutes. I'm done. That was no. it. No, no, we're not doing two minutes anymore. No. Fine, oh. go. Let's go. I want to hear you say, like, free will. No board. No holds barred. Do it. Okay, so. Get on court. Chris, I just saw your background. Of course you did. Anyway, so. <laughs> I still hate it. Anyway, so... Giggity. Henry wakes up in a giant blimp, right? He's being reassembled in a lab, and he's told by Haley Bennett that she is his wife. And then the, he goes to, this, he goes to, the, sound, he goes to the, uh, the sound recording studio where uh, director Isla Neischuler, who's on the guitar... Um, and some other dude tried to give him a new voice. One included Darth Vader and Elvis and uh, Louis Armstrong. So then Aiken shows up. He like kills every. He kills the the two guys, and then they escape by booming a lot of like um, rock music. And then they finally um, escape from the blimp. They fall onto the highway, and then Henry gets separated from the from uh, Haley Bennett as he is tased off a highway. Um, after that, that's when Charlton Copley shows up. He's Jimmy. He shows up, picks him up, says, okay, you got 20 minutes before you die. 20, 30 yeah, minutes before you die. He understands that there are clone Jimmys and that each Jimmy has different personalities. This is Detective Jimmy, um, I think. So Makes then, sense. So Detective Jimmy um, gets him out of there before the cops pull him over, and then they gun, him, they gun down uh, Detective Jimmy. And then he escapes onto a bus. Uh, Henry does. And then homeless Jimmy shows up, shouts out the window about how gay of dude's jacket is, and it's a dude with a flamethrower. And he torches the entire bus. So then Henry books it. Um and the, he's being chased by the cops like all over uh, Moscow. And I think it's Moscow, right? Yeah, it's this is it. somewhere in Russia. Um so then he has to go to some guy's apartment, rip his chest, rip, uh, rip uh, something out of his chest, and bring it to Jimmy at a strip club. So he does that. It's a great chase, great music. Um, so he brings it to the strip club, club, <laughs> strip club, <laughs> and, t- and so then um, Doctor Jimmy comes. In. Oh yeah, he beats coked up Jimmy. Yeah, <laughs> he beats coked up Jimmy. Who can't stop doing blow. Um, and then 
um, Dr. Jimmy comes in after um, Cooked Up Jimmy falls to the floor because he's transitioning clones. And so then Henry gets healed up because of all the um, uh, near, naked, near, bleh, near naked ladies. And so then shootout. Yeah. Shootout. Aiken's there, of course. He throws him down a uh, ventilation shaft all the way down to the garage. Um, that's where we meet, um, um, Spleef Jimmy, and... Yeah, the guy, the guy from the car chase. Yes, and the guy from the car chase, and then the, then an awesome car chase. Um, that's when they, um, and then, uh, that's the part of the forest where, uh, because he gets kicked up, because he gets hit with... I'm blind. My microphone it's back now. We're good. It's okay. So um oh, so unplugged my microphone. Whale? Yes. So um means you got shit out. <laughs> I landed on Earth as a Sith Lord. Um I could so, <laughs> so then did, did you did you show him the part with the baseball bat in the back of the truck? No, I, I didn't. Oh my god, that is so funny. Um, he rubs off a uh, he rubs off a baseball bat and then spits to simulate cum. So I forgot that. It was so funny. Um, <laughs> I remembered it. <laughs> That's yeah, awesome. It's a memorable thing. So and then so he gets um hit off the off the train with the baseball bat. He then then um Spleef Jimmy finds him and. Um, resuscitates him. Then he gets blown up with a freaking tank. A tank shows up in this forest. And uh, Henry um, fights off the tank. He uh, almost catches up to uh, Yuri, the uh, he- the main henchman, who uh, kicked him off the uh, highway in the beginning of the movie. And um, he almost lands in a lake, but lands in a tree. That was really funny. Then he tries to ride a horse over to uh, Jimmy's lab. And um, that didn't work out. It was set to... Um, <laughs> Yeah, uh, the Magnificent Seven um, music kicked yeah. in. Loved it. <laughs> so then he just walks and he meets um, he meets um, Sniper Jimmy or uh, Mark Wahlberg Jimmy, um, <laughs> Lone Survivor Jimmy, Lone Survivor Jimmy, and he shows him the lab. Oh yeah, also he crushed a dude's testicles and shoved a police baton down a man's throat. Um, get- then. We're way past two minutes anyway, so... Um, You're giving a synopsis more than a plot description, but I love it I don't anyway. care. I don't care. So, um... He's probably already asleep anyway. So... <laughs> no, keep going. Um, so they go to Jimmy's lab. He meets all the other clones, and they do a musical number in his lab. It's Ew. fantastic. And... But it's a gamer. Yes. Um, <laughs> and so then it turns out that... Um, Henry has been broadcasting through his eyes the whole time because he's part. He's basically Darth Vader, um, with all those mechanical you know, parts to him. We haven't gotten to these movies yet, but he's the he is the half human, half Terminator in Terminator Salvation. Do you guys no, remember that? He is the modern day like RoboCop. No, what what happened to RoboCop? RoboCop was good. Well, Henry's good. Well, no, the whole point of, like, the Terminator Salvation is that he's helping the Rebels 
this uh, he's he's helping the rebellion despite okay. knowing he's a robot and then at the very end he, he ends up like bringing all the rebels to where the machines wanted because the machines made him and he didn't know that he was actually helping the machines the whole time and then he uh, makes the choice after he pulls out the thing to do it we'll get to that trust me when we get to that series then we get the uh elevator shootout um which is gr- oh god this movie's so awesome um and then uh, they they uh, drive away, and uh, car flip. That no, that was a good car flip. <laughs> um, I enjoyed that car flip. Um, good car flips never get old. Um, Practical never gets old. Yeah, like uh, Terminator Genesis. Um, Genesis. Um, oh, man, we're gonna nail that series to the floor. Oh yeah. So it's so bad, so fast. They get to Aiken's lab. Uh, Jimmy uh, gets uh, shrapnel on his neck, um, but then Colonel, then uh, Colonel Jimmy uh, kind of gives them the exposition, like, "Hey, I knew this memory block was inside of you, and uh, I didn't do anything about it until now because I needed you to do something for me." Um, which okay. So then he gets out. We get a terrible looking g- grenade launcher shot. Um, <laughs> And then we get to the part where all the super soldiers are giving the same memory that Henry is. Whereas it's like um, the beginning of the movie where it's like uh, Haley Bennett is introducing herself to all these other different clones. Not clones. Um, dead people. And then we get the rooftop bit where there's Queen. There's a bunch of guys in white all getting just the crap kicked out of him and I'll then it turns out that henry's wife wasn't really his wife and it was Aiken's like um uh booty call. wife um no, she seemed like she fucking loved him eh. um estranged lover um no they are they are full-on together like I like they are either married or they are a couple because like when henry is murdering that man and he is murdering that man <laughs> She is screaming at the top of her lungs, don't, stop, please, no. And it's not like we know what their deal is, like who the real head of the company is or like what what he actually lands to it outside the fact that he has special powers and is the boss. Like she legitimately loved him. That's okay. what makes that kill so great. That's why the first <laughs> words in her mouth when, she, when he gets on the plane is where is he? And he just fucking drops his head and half of his head in front of her. So like- Okay, so- That makes it so great that he dies in front of her. Akan dies by Henry. He's floating in the air. Henry jumps on a bunch of floating bodies like a platformer. And they've established that his eye can become a tentacle. His eye just gets pulled out. He wraps he wraps the, like the cord to his eye around his head and then sque- and then pulls and it's like like cuts his head in half with his eye. And then his body falls into the blades. Yeah, and then the body falls into the blades. Yeah. And then so Henry tosses the, the tosses um a severed head into the helicopter. He jumps into the helicopter, and he's confront he's confronting Haley Bennett. And he's like, "Where?" And she's like, "Where? Where is he?" And shows him the head. Shows her the head. She shoots him, and then she's like, "How could you do this to me?" And then he smears blood onto the wall and writes the letters E Z 
And then the bullet, and she fires another bullet to finish him off, but he blocks it with his mechanical left arm and then ricochets into her chest. She is dangling from the helicopter now. She's like, listen to your heart. Her hands are hanging by the, uh, the door to the helicopter and Henry just slams the door shut. And that's how the movie ends. Yep. She just falls to her death. Zach, wake up. Okay. <laughs> Boom, I brought it back. I brought okay. it back. Basically, yes. Basically, it runs by video game logic. You wake up, the mission starts, someone explains to you what you are, and then the mission begins. He wakes up, his wife is there, she's helped him become a cyborg because he's been hurt somehow, and then the bad guy comes in, attacks him, they escape, but his girlfriend gets kidnapped, and he's on the run to go rescue her. The movie is him getting help from Jimmy, like any other video game, sending him on quests to get him more power, and like training him. And giving him exposition until eventually you realize there's this big corporation that's been controlling everything. And it really, he didn't even have a wife. They've all just been playing him to make him the most superior soldier and realize that they can create the perfect soldier. And when they do, they use all of them to try and kill him. But he can remember his memory. Now, this is one of the most important things about the movie. When he, the movie starts with his first and only memory as a human being, and he is getting bullied by kids, they break his toy. And his father chases them away. The father is Tim Roth. Yes, the father's Tim Roth. And he sits down and he goes, you little pussy. And then later you find out at the end of the movie that he says, you little pussy. That's what my father would tell me in situations like this. Now, I'm not my father. I love you. And I will always love you. But now's your chance to decide. Do you want to just bleed your blood and go in? Or do you want to spill some of theirs? He's not saying he's a pussy, but he's saying, do, do, do you want to fight? You can fight if you want to, but it doesn't make you less of a man if you don't. And it's this really interesting thing. He's like, I love you no matter what. But you know what? You can fight. Don't ever tell yourself that you're done. You're never done. Defend yourself. It's, it's a pretty earnest thing, but the thing is it comes at the very itsy-bitsy end of the movie. And that's like the only real emotional core you have to Henry. Outside of that, he's just a guy murking people to save his wife. Who isn't This is... The greatest video game movie ever made. I don't know. Edge of Tomorrow is pretty good. I said video game movie. This isn't a video game movie. This is a movie like a video game. That's what I'm saying. If they were to do it, that's what it should have been. Edge of Tomorrow, I think, has... I'm for Edge of Tomorrow because here's the thing. This is like... This isn't a video game movie. This is a movie that goes by video game rules. And I don't think that hurts it. I think the lack of story hurts it. You could have added story to it. They're like, you could have added another half an hour to this movie with actual non-shaky cam emotional moments. And I would have gone for it because Charto Copley proves that you could have been a, a good actor in this movie. The bad guy, although dubbed the entire time, is still giving a good performance to a GoPro camera this entire time. Like everyone's acting their asses off. So you could have had emotional moments more throughout that beefed up the character. There's nothing that could have stopped that. It just decided not to and to focus on the action, which I, it's still the thing they are good at. So do what you're good at. Um, and also this guy's Russian in this movie. It seems to try and reach everyone. He's trying to make this something that everyone can watch. Um, so the plot's really simple and uh, the action is key. But the thing about like these, the Edge of Tomorrow and this is that they are not based on video games, but they have video game rules and apply them to story. I just think Edge of Tomorrow has a better story. That's the thing that is the weak, that's the second weakest thing in this movie. The biggest weakest thing is there's a lot of just kind of messed up stuff in this movie, not violence. The violence is gross and I love, 
love it, but that's the point. It it's like the gay jacket stuff. It's the um, <laughs> like, it's the it's like that the Jimmy character just running around being like, "Did you cockwork? I just want my cock. I just want to fuck." Like it's just really weird and aggressively sexual. And then there's the moment where the guy crushes the testicles and takes the baton and shoves it down the throat. Now, <laughs> I think that's awesome. I think the fact that they don't show the baton in the throat, it, they just uh, show that to a certain extent that he did it is fine. All that's great. My problem is the rape attempt. Oh, okay. 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 Here's why. It's on two levels. A, not just that it's a rape attempt. It's the fact that the only reason it exists is for Henry to save the cat because they don't give any emotional core to Henry until the end of the movie. But you need to care about him and his morals. So there are moments like when the bus thing happens and people are jumping out on fire. He tries to save them, but they run away. So you moments like that are good. I like that. That's quick and simple. It gets the point across. When you literally dedicate an entire scene to like cops about to rape like a 16-year-old girl and he just steps in and defends her and it never means anything, especially in an abandoned building somewhere. Like it's just the only reason it's there is to show that Henry is a good person without actually giving an emotional journey. And B, it's a rape. And that sucks. Like, I didn't want that. But then again, it is a movie where he crushes his testicles and throws the baton down. So they are basically saying, wouldn't it be great if you could kill a rapist right there? And that's the whole point of exploitation. This is an exploitation movie. I'll accept it. What bothered me is the fact that they chose to do that rather than give me Henry the character. And that's where I was like, ah, well, you know what? Screw you. A little bit. Um, So yeah, that left kind of a bad taste in my mouth. And I wish there was more story to this i wish we knew who the hell those two biker chicks were they just kind of come in and then die separately like i understand jimmy keeps being different characters and his character unfolds throughout the movie but you see more and know more about him and his journey than you ever do henry so like that kind of bothers me when they have a half an hour that they could have added to the film and decided not to and a lot of it has to do with there are seven different stuntmen playing this character and all of them have different talents and are amazing and some of them care, like carry him in different ways. Some people run normally, and some people run cartoonishly. It's great. So the different versions of like Henry that are in the movie, I'm totally for. And watching this the first time around, I was I literally watched it after we finished last week's episode. I was like, I'm gonna start this. I'm super tired. If I can't finish this movie, this is gonna be a problem. I watched the entire movie beginning to end, and I was like, okay. I really do like this movie. It really is fun. It does captivate if you care about action. And there are some shaky cam stuff that worked like I wasn't used to. But as I watched it again today, I got about halfway through before Zach and I started talking. And I was like, no, now that I know visually what my eyes are about to go through and how these scenes are about to play out, uh, they've adjusted a lot more. So watching this movie more makes it a lot easier for me to um digest what i'm getting and get the better action scenes because the shootouts and the end fight has so many killer moments like where he's breaking people's arms and like shoving heads and stuff and he's murdering like 50 people but the cuts are so quick and you can't savor a lot of those moments the first time you watch it you need to see this enough times like i would say wait days at a time to like really enjoy what this movie does with its action because then, like, it's just great. Like, there's certain, I think, like, the gas, the whole um, gas station bit, not the gas station bit, but when he falls off the bridge 
and then he get he goes through that whole rigmarole before Jimmy shows up again. Excellent. Really well paced. It isn't too crazy. I think the next level up is the car chase. The car chase is has a lot of crazy stuff in it that you have to accept, but also at the same time, it's super fun and it's super great and it has an energy about it that's just perfect. And then I think that the 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 last fight with the fifty dudes, I think that's just a little too much. And you need to watch the movie more for you to really, really appreciate it. Um, and that's it. Like, if you like it, then why not? And the more I watch it now, the more I'm like, yeah, awesome. No, awesome movie. Awesome. I just wish, I just don't connect with Henry, really. I like that he's killing people that I don't like. But um, I don't connect with Henry. Um, I connect way more with the, the boss and um, Charteau Copley. Because you win, you know way more about Charteau Copley, and he's also killing it split style, like James McAvoy. But then um, the bad guy's really fun too. Like although he's dubbed and he sounds like like Tommy Wiseau because he's obviously like uh, a European actor. Maybe he's Russian. I don't think so though. Um, he is also just hamming it up. Like just it is great. He's hamming it up so much that even though he's dubbed, it doesn't change a thing. He's just still great. Um, and yeah, he looks like Crispin Glover. It's awesome. It's like, um, I have never seen, like, so much range out of one person in any, like, in any movie ever. Like this. Like Charlotte Copley gives. How many different people did he play? Um, let's see. Like, ten, right? The less, less or around ten. Just about, something like that. But, like, uh, again, James McAvoy, Split. Um, uh, I'm going to tell you again. Alec oh, that's Guinness. right, Split. Oh, man. Alec Guinness, your Obi-Wan Kenobi, was famous for playing movies where he would play like a bunch of different characters. And all of them would be different and hilarious. He was super funny. And uh, Eddie Murphy, I think, is pretty good in Coming to America and a few other ones, too. Man, just... Also, the... also like the thing that just came to me is like the, the opening title sequence. You know what? Yes, absolutely. Okay, so I really loved it. And this is the thing with the violence in the movie. There are, There is no... There, I don't think there's a moment in the movie outside of when he rips his hand open, the bad guy's hand open. He splits his hand apart. That's pretty gross, and that gets me. But the, the one thing that gets me the most in this movie is um, when the knife goes into the neck in the opening sequence. <laughs> Yeah, that, that shit is gross. I'm glad there's no <laughs> blood and everything else has blood, but like the way it goes in, I'm just like, <laughs> terrible. Um, and th- that that is how far it goes. Like if you can accept that, then you can accept the violence of it, and it's great. Oh yeah, I'm at the baseball bat moment. Yeah, here we go. God, this bad guy's great. Um, so yeah, <laughs> I. Do- there are some things. There are some things about it that I think are problematic. Problematic, and there and there are some things I wish that they could develop. They could have developed on, and they should have. But considering for a first-time filmmaker and an amazing stunt crew and a handful of really good actors, um, it's uh, it's it's a pretty damn good exploitation B movie. It's it's up there, and honestly, I think it's going to be a. Um, quiet gem i think it's going to have a really strong cult following as the decade of great action movies leaves us we're going to be picking it apart from the atomic blondes to the kingsman's to mad max to john wick to the raid like we're going to be 
picking out so many good action movies from the last 10 years. And this is going to be one of those like ones that people are going to be like, Oh my God, it was amazing. Like for sure. So like, (laughs) um, I didn't even think about the, like you, that actually like you brought up the, uh, the, um, yeah, yeah. I had never really thought about it that way until now. Like that's that now that's now that's in my head now. As great as that moment it is, be. that is that is a, for extreme as this movie is, maybe that was a little too far. Well, I think I I'm not of the ilk that thinks that rape is going too far in a movie. I just think it's overplayed. And the pe- the reason you put it in and make a woman a victim immediately, a nameless v- woman that has no connection to your plot at all, that's really just kind of bad. Like, it's just bad writing. It's lazy. It's like finding the keys in the sun visor now. It's also, so it reminds victims of rape just immediately what they've been through for no good reason. Like, you can find something else that you could put there. That argument's been put out to the point that I think it's fair, and I'm actually part of that team now. But what bothers me the most about it it's not the violence because I love it. It's exploitation in a rape scene. Go for it in an exploitation movie. That's fine. That's like, that's of the oak of exploitation. I've seen enough to know it's supposed to happen. And when it does to just take it at, at its face value. What bothers me is the save the cat thing. And that's why I want you to remember it because there is a book called save the cat. And it is literally that point is to say, if you don't have time in your movie, to get the audience to uh, get to know your character or like them or immediately be on their side. You have to have them save the cat. If the point is to do it as quickly as possible so you can move the plot or do some morally complicated things with the character later, you need to have them save the cat so that the audience immediately likes them. And that's all that moment is. And it's also super late in the movie. So they haven't given us any emotional core to Henry. And then they're just like, oh, man, like he's just been murdering people. And some like we need to have a moment, a moment where like Henry uses his powers for good. And here it is. And like and we know that that's the point, because the other guy's literally saying, forget her, forget her. By the way, the guy who's like a scientist, like this paraplegic who's like supposed to be someone we care about was going to let a woman like let a teenage girl get raped by cops in an abandoned building. I understand it was like supposedly to a certain extent to save his own life, but like still that's, that's crazy. You don't have to do that, but they chose to do it. So it's like the rape thing is just played out to me. And then I also wish that they just did emotional stuff rather than have that moment and sit and like wait till the very end to give us any emotional story to Henry. Um, and the real biggest reason that sucks is this is an hour and a half long. It could have been two hours. You could have had that. It could have been an hour 45. You had the moment. Maybe they didn't have the money, but it seems like they're, the, what they were good at was action, and that was their intent. Like, that's, all they, that's all they really were focused on. They made the story as tight as possibly could, and that's why they chose that moment. So like, as, a sto- as someone who's going to make stories and filmmaking, Save the Cat stuff can work. But if that's how you're doing it that late in the game, this is a poor example of that. So, looking at it, on a budget of $2 million U.S., yeah. it, it made $16.8 million U.S. That is a profit. That is, in fact, a profit. This movie was made on $2 million? Are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. That's insane. All in the movie. All in the movie. That is all insane. Of the, all of that is on screen, for sure. 
that is that's really good for for to me. Okay, that that is really good for two million dollars. Um, it's amazing. I'm, I'm I, know, I know they I know they marketed crazy. it like crazy. Well, they damn right. Damn right. Once the because here's the thing: when Hardcore Henry opened, there was a bidding war that night. Like people were stoked about this. It was bought immediately, and yeah, the company was like, "Yeah, we're gonna promote this because it's a good movie that people will see. We'll make our money back on this for sure." But I, the lasting power of it is hard to say because of the story being so weak. But people who love action, people like me who like love silent movies because I watch action movies and grew up on those. This is the kind of stuff that impresses me the more I watch it. Yeah, like I've grown into a story guy, but sure, watching it the first time, I was captivated. And then the second time around, I'm like, no, there's, there's some really interesting choices. There's some really interesting pacing to, to scenes. Like when he's running away from the cops in the tunnel, and then he goes into the room, uh, he goes into that little store with the girl, and she's just kind of letting yep. him change. Mm-hmm. That's funny. And it could have been like really played up kind of whatever. But the reason it isn't is because the moment he gets out, he beats those two cops and then shoots them both to death. And then the movie stops. It's quiet. There's no music. There's no nothing. And then the woman just walks out and she's staring at him. Everyone's staring at him. And then he's like, fuck. And then he gets up and then it starts running. The movie's going again. And it has, it gets, it like takes the seriousness away. That, that is a perfectly paced moment of surprise and all of it. It's just a great chase moment. It reminds me of like um, when they did the cars and the way of the gun. Like it's a weird way to do something that everyone already does. It's it's fun. It's it's why I love filmmaking. It's te- different people telling the same story. Uh yeah. So um, see now when this movie came out, I was just this is this was my first semester at school in college, and. We in the video production department could not shut up about it. Yep. Like, um, like the interesting thing from a technical standpoint, they made their very own rig, uh, their own uh, head like contraption, and it had two GoPros, one for recording and the other for a, as a as a lens to the viewfinder so the directors and producers could see what they're see what um could see the uh, what they're looking at um and like we i think for a project we tried some some people tried doing that but it didn't really work because they couldn't see where they where they were what they were doing like this movie is like to me this movie just tech just technically just for that fact alone is so interesting to me. Um, yeah, no, technical achievement. Like, I, it makes me think of like uh, Corey Nystad or those people on YouTube who like are make videos like this. Like they take a GoPro and they do challenging stuff with it, or they do other things creative with their visuals. But right. like Zach was when he was first seeing this, he was like jokingly to a certain extent being like, "This looks like a cheap." YouTube version of uh, Gears of War or something. But, like, honestly, this looks like a really well-done YouTube movie. This looks like a really well-done YouTube movie. No, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I can get that, but Gears of War? I didn't think it was a war. I think I said the wrong game. Okay. (laughs) I was like... I believe it was Super Mario Brothers. It's... It's hyper... (laughs) 
it's hyper violent like Gears of War, but not Gears of War. I'm sorry, Final Fantasy. That's more like it. Um, yeah, Final Fantasy, you got it. Fantasy in pajamas, math time. Okay. Uh, no, 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 You're missing it, Alex. You fucked it up. It's math. What was it? <laughs> Bananas in pajamas, math time. <laughs> for adults, not for babies. Ah, uh, that looks so like he put that on his head. I wonder what his neck is like. I'm oh, looking yeah. at I'm looking oh. at the rig right now. Like that's insane. No, they they actually list some of the injuries in the uh, IMDb trivia of this, and yes, all of the stuntmen had severe neck pain after this. Oh my god. Well, there were other bigger things. There were there were other bigger injuries that happened on set. No one really died or anything, but like one guy got like his leg hurt and stuff. But that was the one thing that none of them really expected that they would have like major neck problems afterwards. But no, you look at it and you're like, oh yeah, no, that makes sense. Yeah, especially with them like running around and stuff. Hmm. Huh. Okay, I'm gonna look at a trivia here. So, yeah. Charlotte, Charlotte Copley, this is interesting. Charlotte Copley called this film the most challenging of his acting career. He did. And honestly, I can see this and District 9 being probably this District 9 and Elysium being the most physically demanding. But yes, he is playing a lot of different people in a completely different way and rig than anyone has. And he's also not a classically trained actor, he's like been w- working his way into being an actor since District 9. So it's even more impressive, in my opinion. Um, Daria Karusha, who plays a dominatrix biker, is also the film's composer. Yep. I think she's the one who dies on the road. Oh, the tall one? Yeah, because that wouldn't, that wouldn't be her driving the bike. Whereas the other woman seemed like... Oh, parents. my God! The scene where Henry finds a horse and attempts to ride it was originally planned to have Henry ride it out only for the horse to be attacked by rabid dogs and Henry having to euthanize it. This was changed as Western audiences weren't likely to have found it amusing. <laughs> um, I do find it amusing, but also, yeah, it was a smart move. It just, it just would have slowed things down. Because that's the thing, like it does, this movie doesn't need more action scenes. It needs more character moments. It's a funny beat. It's a funny beat where he's like, "I'm gonna get on this horse. I'm gonna ride," and then it kicks him off like it's Red 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 Dead Two. Oh, they used Blender. Interesting. Um, oh yeah, there's that. Yeah, I just think uh, let <laughs> like have many more action scenes planned either. Yeah, this this is effectively pretty tight. This move, the movie was partially funded with Indiegogo. God, I love that. I love that. Yeah, because they had a they had a proof of um, they had a proof of uh, idea with the music video, sort of like uh, uh, Baby Driver did. Um, proof of concept. Proof of concept. Yeah, proof. Yeah, proof of concept. Uh, let's oh, see God. here. Awesome. Trying to. <laughs> so. 
Hang on. I'm trying to find... Ah, I'll just take your word for it. So, like, all of them? All of them got, like, neck issues? All of them had neck issues, some more severe than others, yeah. So, surely, like, either GoPro technology has evolved where, like, you could take, like, your phone and then see what you're looking at without having to get a second one and a giant rig. Well, also, there's a lot of other things that had to be taken into concept with that rig. Um, and uh, it was the stunts and what they were doing. Right. But, but yeah, since then, yeah, they've, they've made it easier to do that with a GoPro for sure. Um, the music video that Island Eyeshuler did, right, as like... Um, what was the, what was the band that he did a movie for? He did a, uh, shoot. Hold on, if I look up. That the director did? Yeah, so the director did a music video, which was also shot entirely in first person. Um. Uh, I think if you just go to the director of the movie, they'll list them. Hold on. Biting Elbows. Um, he did, he did, um, whoops, oops, um, so he did a, uh, a music video for Biting Elbows, the song is called Bad Mother Effer, and, <laughs> um, it was entirely shot in the first, the first person, it's a tie, it's a, you know the thing that, um, Henry rips out of the dude's chest, not, not from the, at, towards the end of the movie, the big guy, mm-hmm. that was a MacGuffin, that in the music video that the guy was after, and it's a um it's a teleportation device. Huh. Um so and then that music video ends with a baby <laughs> grabbing a baby. the device and accidentally using it and it just teleports away. <laughs> uh, very death stranding. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, so that was so that's an, that's an interesting Eric that I'm proud of knowing. Um, but like, oh man, like this movie is just mayhem, and it just doesn't stop. Like the like, there's the guy. There's the there's the, the the gayest jacket line that actually made me laugh, even though, just like, that's just a, that's such an out there line. What, what's what's weird to me about that line is he's like, "That's the gayest jacket I've ever seen," and then immediately he opens the window and he's like, "Hey, dude, I love your jacket." Or can I? <laughs> what? <laughs> what are you saying? What are you talking about? So, no, I'm but Alex, confused. Alex, remember what he said on the rooftop before they started sniping people. He's as straight as an arrow. That's right. See, that's my. St- that's what I'm talking about. That stuff is stupid. I'm not a fan of that macho bullshit. See, now I'm. La- see, now I laugh at how stupid it is. But like, I laugh at how stupid it, it is. Stupid. stupid. <laughs> the problem is they're earnest. They earnestly yeah. mean it. Yeah, that's, that's the thing. thing. It's like, like, 
if we joke about it, it's one thing. But if you're sitting in a room with a bunch of bros and they're like, uh, and they start saying that stuff after a while, you're like, oh, oh shit, you guys mean that stuff. Oh my god, That's... I gotta go. Yeah, like, exactly. After, oh, okay. You got you mean it. All right. That's why I think the the it's very interesting to me that the the thing that t- that Tim Roth says is that he's not calling his son a pussy, but his son has to decide if he's a pussy or not. But that seems that seems to me like what the movie is saying. Um, I I get I get that the earnest point he's saying is like you can fight. You're a fighter. It's in you. Like don't think you're not a fighter. I do get that, but like it also comes across like I don't think you're a pussy. I love you no matter what. But you know. You're a fighter. You know you're a fighter. Go fight, pussy. So, anyway, I love this movie on a technical level, on a pure chaotic level, and it'll, like, I'll always look back on this and say, that was a very fun experiment. I'm sad we don't get to see more of that. And... Yeah, so I'm gonna go B plus. It's insane. Oh. Doesn't make a lot of sense, and it's but it's so it's entertaining. There are a lot of out there's a lot of out there humor and content, but like it's still just an entertaining ride start to finish, and something that I honestly won't forget anytime soon. Um, I'm probably going to forget this, um, but I do like coming back to it. That's the well, thing. I do. Well, you're old. As a, so. as a love of action, as a lover of action, I am coming back to it, but I also see why people don't talk about it so much. And that's the problem with Avatar. That's why people have turned on Avatar. Avatar is a technical achievement that I actually appreciate as an action movie. I think James Cameron is a, like, he is an action filmmaker, um, more than anything else. And his stories are bare bones so that he can get to the action. Um, and I think Avatar is good, but the reason people don't like Avatar that much is they think its story is really bland and not good, or at the very least, repetitive and redundant of other stories. And so why I'm kind of in that camp until further review. But here's the thing. I, I, here's the thing. To love Hardcore Henry and to feel that way about Avatar, in my opinion, is a little hypocritical. I think Avatar is an achievement. We're talking about time. two different levels of no, technical achievement here. No, I think they are on, on par with each other. Like, like I, I think that Avatar, it's like the difference between Buster Keaton and Charlie Chaplin. Charlie Chaplin spent years on movies to make sure that they were perfect for everyone on the level that they were. Whereas Buster Keaton would pump out three movies a year, but they were in, they were engineer, engineering marvels. They didn't have strong stories, but they were technical achievements. Like Hardcore Henry is basically a Buster Keaton action film. Whereas Avatar is like a Charlie Chaplin action film where he put all, like Charlie Chaplin was the most famous man in the world at that time. So he put all of his money and time and effort in making his movies. That's why people still love him to this day and they stand alone. And while people watch Buster Keaton for the technical marvel of it, people aren't responding to him on an emotional level as much as, say, other films. So I, I think that people give Avatar a little bit of a hard time. I think they like it when they watch it and then they forget it and think that that's bad. I don't necessarily think that's bad in action movies. The whole point of action movies is way more of an experience on another level. Same thing with horror movies. than it is a drama. Um, so I, I 
I like this movie. I walked in and I was like, oh man, it's not gonna have a strong story. And as I'm watching it now, like my eyes are adjusting to the look and the feel and the vibe of it. And I'm feeling more like I'm Henry. And maybe that's the point. A lack of character in Henry makes you feel like you're Henry. But then that makes the stuff where he's talking about being gay, like that makes it even worse. So like I, there are things that are like complicated about it, but you know what? <laughs> it's an exploitation film. So I can I can give it a little bit of slack. And it's the same thing with Avatar. Like Avatar, so what? It doesn't have a strong story or, or it dances with wolves or Fern, or Ferngully. Who cares? It's James Cameron. It's James Cameron. He makes good stuff regardless. His stuff is fun to watch. Just enjoy it. And the thing about Hardcore Henry is it's, it, it's, in, it's a lot. It's inventive. It's creative. It's different. It's weird. And although you get the point right away, who cares? Enjoy it for what it is. And I don't think a lot of people do that enough with action and i hoped that this last decade is the thing that's going to breed new filmmakers to be like oh yeah action can define things that's why i think mad max fury road was the best film of the year like or best film of the decade because it was it was an action film where it told its characters and explained who they were and what the story was through their actions it's amazing that 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 is that is the pinnacle of what you can do with this genre. The same way that Sixth Sense is one of the pinnacles of what you can do with horror or Exorcist or um, for Casablanca with romance. There there different genres had different peaks and valleys, and to me that this is this is a strong peak. Um, but do I think it's a B plus B? I'm gonna say no. I think it's a B. Okay. Okay. I think I think it's a B because it could have done more, um, and I'm sad that it didn't. And that little extra tone of bullshit that I that machismo bullshit that I'm kind of like ah that really takes me out of it a little bit. But um, out, outside of I just wish there was more. I wish there was more character stuff. That's the reason it's not a B plus for me. But it is above average solid action movie. It deserves to be in the same conversation as best of the decade for sure. Especially Zach, for two wake, million dollars. Zach, wake up. Oh my gosh. <gasps> Zach? Yes. Uh, oh. <laughs> oh, you... We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna get him. Um oh, okay. so sensory graded and Zach, I'd say if you're ever interested in action and goof and like silly mayhem, Harker Henry's it. But now it's time for what is it, Chris? One more, okay, one more thing before we get to it. Set you up. I remember. T- I remember. <laughs> I remember telling you, tell, telling you this, Alex. I so one night I sat down with a few of my friends. I said, "Hey." They all said, "Okay, let's watch. Let's watch. Let's let's watch a couple movies." I was like, "Okay." I came up with ramp. I came up with uh, First Blood. All right. And Hardcore Henry. Wow, two entirely different speeds, brother. Yes. So we watched um, First Blood first, of course, because that's, that's what good you do. Good choice. Um, <laughs> they were like, "That was pretty good, pretty solid." Then I saw. Then I watched. Then, then we. Then I sat them down and watched Hardcore Henry. <laughs> that is the perfect way to do it because the whole point about First Blood is it's like it starts calm and then he's like killing mofo's in a cave. And then, like, this movie, just, like, it goes for it right off the bat. Like, it, it starts where – it starts at the speed that Rambo ends at. Like, it, it, Rambo ends with your, like, jaw open being like, you're just going to – what happens? 
oh, and then like Tarker Henry is just like, we're going for it. And he's just, we're going to murder everyone. It's the best speed. I was, um, I particularly remember the, uh, the point where they crushed the dude, <laughs> he crushed the dude's testicles as a point of it, as a very, as a point of what? And, um, overall they thought that was an experience. <laughs> That's exactly right. So I will always hold that to me. To my, I was always, I've always, um, hold that dear to my, to memory. Just showing my friends hardcore and rate. Be like, this is how weird it gets. Um, all right. Extremely violent. Both Ex- extremely violent. Curiosity. Mm-hmm. Something like that. Okay, Something so like I think that. I think Zach I think Zach has a good one. I think I have one. Chris, do you want to? Start? I will have to consult the. Uh, oh, back catalog. Yeah, the so back catalog. Yeah. My mind. All right, in the back catalog. Oh wait, how did that get there? No wait, it's already we'll, there, isn't it? We'll go back. Yeah, we, we'll go back catalog and then we'll go wheel list so we can figure this out. All right, so I have... hold on, I gotta make sure something. Road to Perdition's on the good wheel, right? Mm, yeah, it's some... there. Somewhere. It's on the good wheel. Yeah, it's on the good wheel. It was... okay. I don't know why I had that the curiosity log. Whatever, it doesn't matter. Um. Okay. We, so did I got, some, we did some house cleaning and that things got shifted. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, so I got four options, but I'm going to save the one that I'm 90% sure I'm probably going to do. But it never hurts to hear all your thoughts and prayers and shit anyways. Okay. <laughs> the present shit is my favorite band. So first... Like you said, show me thoughts and prayers and shit! <laughs> Your lead singer, Charlotte Copley. Um, on uh, coke. Uh, the first one's oh, "Imitation of Life." Is that's what on one of my lists? But this isn't actually my suggestions. All right. Um, which is a 1959 film, really depressing, kind of great. Uh, whatever. I want to see it. Uh, second one is Beetlejuice. Oh, okay. oh yes. Love it. That's a good uh, one. Next one, and I talked more specifically to Alex about this, uh, is Shutter Island. Scorsese <laughs> mystery? Yes. yes. Hmm. I remember people not liking that movie for some reason. It's not that it's the people didn't like it. It's that when you make Gangs of New York, The Aviator, and The Departed, and then you make Shutter Island, and then you make Wolf of Wall Street, Shutter Island is the one you talk. It's the little brother no one talks about that much. Exactly. I see. It looks less than those other films. It's actually very solid. Anyways, so the last movie I'm going to suggest, and this is actually my suggestion. Okay. This is one Alex is super pumped about. I think you talked me into it. I think it's a good idea. Um, it's certainly interesting. You there'd be some caveats to it. So, Chris, it's a horror movie, isn't it? No. There, there's, there's some imagery to it that, that some consider to be like chilling, but it's not a horror movie, no. Okay. This stars Wars? A MCU actor from last year. <laughs> Marvel Cinematic Universe debut. Okay. He co-starred in said Marvel MCU movie alongside a 21-year-old. 
who may or may not be Robert sorry. Robert Downey Jr.? No. Oh. Robert Downey Jr. John Favreau? No, no, no. Yes. No, no, no. This, this actor made his MCU debut last year starring in a movie with a 21-year-old kid. Who is sorry, Mr. Stark. <laughs> oh, wait, what? Yes. He was the villain of this movie. Yes. Jake John. Yes. There you go. Nightcrawler? What? Nightcrawler? Oh, God. God, no, you're not ready for that. No. <laughs> Chris, Chris. You're not ready for that. Calm hey, down. Chris, calm down. <laughs> this come here, we'll show you the cookies. It's not, it's not so much you that I responded that way. I have experience with that movie, no, but also movie, just that you're not ready for This movie. Oh. Oh, Chris, you want LSD? No, 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 no. You're not ready for that. You hire, have some, have some, uh, Chris? have some unadulterated Yada. cocaine. Yeah. This is my show. Yeah, let me finish. Know? This movie is Jake Gyllenhaal and his brother. His sorry, his sister. Wow, I source that. code. Nope. Their acting debut. Source code's good. Donnie Darko. Oh, Donnie Darko! You've pitched this one before. I have pitched this one before. Honestly, I think it's a good choice. Um, I think you'd like it, Chris. It's confusing, but here's the thing. You would either need to watch it more than once or you would need to study up after seeing it. Like You need, you probably need to see it more than once. But it is also a very, very fun movie, a very good movie, I think. But it's, it's challenging. It's, ha- it's just like a... I don't want to say that it's a just an indie film. It is, And I don't want to say it's just an art film because there's genuinely funny stuff in it and moving stuff in it but it is confusing um and you do have to read up if you want to get everything about it i I spent years trying to pick hideak yano's head i will do it again let let me be clear chris i mean you actually make a joke about this but like this movie is like if you ask me this is the movie that does time travel the best in any movie uh, uh, is that why it's confusing? I, uh, uh, I think it's certainly up there as one of the better examples of how to use time travel um, in an interesting way. But I don't know if it's the. I, I, I certainly yes, the fact that it's a time travel movie is certainly confusing. I've got to be honest; that is the thing that makes it confusing. <laughs> but <laughs> other than that, it is excellent. It, there's it a lot of in it where you have to uh, respond to it emotionally and then there's a lot of stuff that uh, is hitting you on a cerebral level that actually involves quantum mechanics and there's a director's cut that offers more information about it that I suggest if we do Donnie Darko to do that version to help uh, wrap your head around it a little bit more but at the end of the day the ending is very abstract and you kind of have to take it for what it is or better yet Look up some of your favorite YouTube um, film ana- film analyzers and film essayists, and you will probably find great videos that will help you wrap your head around the ideas of the movie. And that's the thing; it's a it's regrettably in some people's minds, it's the kind of film that you need to do a little bit of homework in to understand. Kind of like I'm understanding Parasite is for a lot of people, but uh, it's why I love movies. It's the discussion after movies. Gosh, I'm watching Henry kill a lot of people right now. It's the end of the movie. <laughs> um, so, so I think I. Johnny, it's Sorry. very fun. No, no, I agree. It's your turn. It's a really, really good movie, 
but it's only so good when you do the homework. It it really uh, rewards you for doing the homework either after or before. I know. I mean, at the time it came out, it was two thousand one, so it's not like you could do a lot of research about this movie. No, but so much, this movie, like most movies, so much of this movie, respond to an emotion. So much of this movie came out, theories came about because people didn't understand the ending because the movie was this strange movie done by this young actor who we didn't know much about and this uh, and it's really what what propelled Jake Jake and Maggie Gyllenhaal's entire career was this movie and you know it's 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 the start of the very interesting story of Richard Kelly <laughs> so um i yes i think Donnie Darko is a great choice maggie Gyllenhaal over katie holmes anyway um, I think they're both in this movie. Uh, no, Katie Holmes is not in this. Um, I think Katie Holmes in the Dark Knight series is yes, not as good as Maggie Gyllenhaal, but also I, um, I also think Maggie Gyllenhaal is a better actress than Katie Holmes. Yeah, but I grew up with Katie Holmes. Nothing but I, hot I, takes. Nothing but hot takes God, on Chris this program. Project. Oh, you are giving me such a fever out here. In the tree of your house. I think I have the coronavirus. I was about to say, it's like below freezing. Anyway. Um, yeah, but I, I would very okay. highly suggest this movie, Chris. It's very thought-provoking. It's very good. He literally like made this movie okay. King October Sky, which is also a solid movie. You don't have to sell me on it. It's up to the wheel to decide. We all know that. Fair. His choice is Donnie Darko. Um, I want to hear what the back catalog stuff is. So you can make your suggestion, or do you already have it? Maybe there is a better suggestion on there that I've already made. Alex, can 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 I please suggest you suggest Donnie Darko so it's on twice? No, no, that's not how it, it works. I like your choice, but it's also a competition. All right, here we go. Jupiter ascending. Meh. Nope. Lost in Space, 2001. Actually a good movie. Yeah, uh, I think that's why it would be on the Curiosity Wheel for me. Um, I haven't seen uh, it in no, years. No, it's yeah. also on Netflix right now, and I really want, kind of want it to roll on so I can watch it before it leaves. <laughs> I know that movie like the back of my hand. Like I know it very well. I watch that movie a lot. But yeah. um, I don't know if it would beat this, this choice that I have right now. It's got Matt LeBlanc in it. How could you not? Anyway, um... I love that The Gold Rush. Um, I think that deserves to be on the good movie wheel more than Curiosity. Groundhog's Day. Okay. Uh, that's a good one. I thought I may have suggested that already. I think you I think you suggested that one for the Curiosity Wheel. And Close Encounters of the, with the Third Kind. Okay, so I have three choices then that I'm juggling in my head. Uh, Close Encounters is absolutely one of them, and I made my argument last episode. Um, uh, super good. I haven't seen it in a while, and it's also like it's not ET. It's not like up there in the conversation, but it's also a little bit abstract. It's it's a very emotional Spielberg movie that's just beautiful looking. Um, uh, my second choice is a movie by David Fincher. And oh, you think movie. I'm ready? Well, here's the thing. I don't want to do a very... I don't want to do um, Social Network 
or Zodiac or Fight Club or the um, Seven yet because you those are in my that Benjamin Button is a curiosity wheel for sure. Absolutely. That's the curiosity one. And so is the one I'm going to pick. Those ones to me are good movie choices. I know they're good. I don't need to see them again to know that they're good. I know. Um, and they are ones that we will get to for sure. This is a movie that he made with Michael Douglas called The Game. People don't talk oh, about it. That I've seen it. And I, uh, I honestly think it's kind of good. And it's kind of fun. And it's dark looking, but it's also really playful. It's got some spooky moments, but also it draws you in with the mystery of it. It's, um, it's the closest you're going to get to him doing Hitchcock. Uh, it is about a guy who is rich, has everything. His, you know, just eats, eats his birthday dinner in the kitchen of his home alone. He just is a very kind of bland guy. And his brother, Sean Penn, comes to visit him. And his brother's really kind of like had a crazy life. And he decides to give him a birthday present. Um, and it's this kind of high class game. Like a like a live action playing game, like a um, a part. Hmm. It changed my life. Hello. There you Change. are. <laughs> there you are. Oh my god. Okay. So where did I leave off? Um. You. <laughs> you uh left off on something about changing your life. Okay. So. He said, the, Sean Penn says to Michael Douglas, this game will change your life. Go and get tested. See if you can do it. And you know Michael Douglas. You thought about in. the in the news, Alex? What? Kirk Douglas died. Oh, yeah. That's right. Kirk Douglas Rip. did die. Um, Have the glory, Spartacus, um, and Lust for Life. And for me personally, the bad and the beautiful. Um, amazing Kirk Douglas performance. Seek them out. Um, Kurt Douglas was amazing. He was a great actor. Um, sad, sad he's gone, but also he lived forever. He's like the last of his era. He's like he's king of the hill of old actors. It's great. He's fine. I, I, he, king he of the hill. <laughs> he watched all his friends die, but I guarantee he was like when his son was like, "Do you miss all your friends?" He was like, "Oh, last, that last them all." I guarantee you. Um, but yes, it's sad. He's sad he's gone. So Michael Douglas goes. He tests for the game, and they immediately look at him and say, uh, you're, not, you're not really, we don't think you're good for this. And Michael Douglas is kind of like cheesed a little bit, and then all of a sudden, the game starts, and they ruin his life, and it's great. Have you pitched this before? Maybe, I don't know. But it's a, I honestly think it's a, it, when people think David Fincher, they think creepy uh, not creepy, but they think really dark stuff. And he has. That's usually what his stuff is. But this is the first time I think that I've... I think it's the first and only time that he's really been playful. Benjamin Button, I think, is a better romance than it is a, a playful, fun movie. And it certainly is more a drama than anything else. This movie is playful. It has a uh, it has a little, like, cocked smile and wink to it. Um, and it, it's really... I think it's really fun. I haven't seen it in a grip. But also, I want to be interested to see what you guys think about it. And then my top choice is True Romance. True Romance. Okay. Mm-hmm. Zach, do you remember anything about that? Not really. Um, mostly because I just... It's been a while. Okay, so True Romance is... Uh, it, it was directed by, I think, Tony Scott. 
the guy made by Top Gun and all that. Um, he uh, he's working off of Quentin Tarantino's first script ever, and it is about a comic book store clerk who teams up and falls in love with a hooker, and they grab a stash of drugs and they go on a crime spree basically and try to sell the drugs. And it's got a butt ton of actors in it that would later go on to be famous. It's the first Tarantino script. It's a great Tony Scott movie, if not his best. And um, I think you would really enjoy it, Chris. It's a very fun movie. It's okay. very dated and very 90s, but also it's very fun. So I think the two, I think it's real. Like, do any of those strike your fancy? Mm, Donnie, I'm, I'm kind of in the mood for a mind. I haven't decided my choices, you jerk. Jeez, no. three choices. Are you listening? You never listen. I'm kind of in the mood for a mind fuck. Um, I'm liking the appeal of Donnie Darko. I need a new uh, cinematic mystery, but I want to bring something of my own to the table. All right, well, what do you got? All right, so here's what I'm thinking. To my right, I hold copies, friends copies, I'm sorry, Sage and Levi, of Purple Rain and Princess Mononoke, both of which I've never seen. Um, I look over to myself to my left across the room. Both of those are excellent choices. Uh, I'm thinking, but I'm thinking I'm going to put Mononoke on the good wheel. I'm going to pitch that for the good wheel because are you, are you in an anime field today in general? No, I think that's a good choice. Mononoke deserves to be on there on the good wheel. Uh, I'm looking over on my shelf. My dad's, Favorite? No, actually, never mind. We can't do it. Sorry. I was gonna, I was gonna pitch the Patriot, but, but never mind. Um, one of these days, I'm gonna suggest the girl who left through time, and you guys are just gonna. You already have Paprika. I know. We but... can see more anime when I was on anime. Yeah. Anyway. Stand our minds, brother. I was thinking. Um, I'm looking over my shelf. I've got. Oh my god! Um, he looks so angry. Well, he had a rough time before we started. Remember? Mm, uh, yeah. Even if we were going to do the Patreon, I'm not feeling it actually. Um, I do think it's a curiosity wheel choice, but I also think you have better choices. Uh. The uh, Peter Berg film, The Kingdom. Uh, yeah, okay. But then I thought, oh, only the last 30 minutes are really good. Um, and then I thought Sahara, then I'm like, oh, wait. Um, <laughs> see what else is over there. Puss in Boots. Hmm. If we were ever to do Shrek, I might just throw that in there anyway. I don't know. I was going to say, that's part of the Shrek world. Why not? Yeah. And Nacho Libre. Ooh, Nacho Libre is fun. I connect uh, with that. I connect with that movie more so than anybody else should. See, Nacho Libre should be on the bad movie wheel, though, because it is. Different. Absolutely not. It's a curiosity. Think, yeah, for sure. It's a curiosity. I remember laughing. I remember laughing a lot. I'm on a big Jack Black kick right now. I actually really am all about Jack Black right now. I'm going to uh, go with Nacho Libre. 
I'm feeling it. What was the one you said before Princess Mononoke? Uh, Purple Rain. Uh, Purple Rain certainly deserves to be on the Curiosity Wheel at some point. I would back catalog that if you're settled on Nacho Libre for sure. Purple Rain. That ship in the brain's good. Uh, not as in it's good filmmaking, like classic Citizen Kane, like it's just that shit, banana brains, and how good, crazy it is. Crazy. <laughs> well, you try to be insane. I, dude, I look, here's the thing. If you want to do Nacho Libre because you love wrestling, and I, I have no problem watching that movie again. I think it's funny, and I'm into Jack Black, but I'm saying this because the day you watch Purple Rain, you're going to be like, Alex, what the hell did I just watch? It's great. <laughs> it's music is awesome. I actually do like this kind of movies. Um, Listen, Purple Rain. People watch it, and it's like I watched it the day he died, and like instead of going out and partying, and like people love that movie here for sure, and it was shot here, sure, but like no, Purple Purple Rain has been bananas. (laughs) It's only an hour and fifteen minutes too. It's a banana brain. Um, Wow, you know what? Okay, I got, I got it. I I know what uh, I have. I know what my choice is. Okay, um, uh, hold on. See, it's not just the wrestling that I connect with. It's just, oddly enough, everything else. No, it's just, I think it's a genuinely funny movie. Yeah. Um, so I think I'm going to settle on Nacho Libre. Okay. And Zach, you're doing... Donnie Darko. Donnie Darko. Uh, I, um... Is a part of me that wants to do Michael Jackson's Moonwalker, but <laughs> I don't think that's actually. A movie. Uh, I think it's not a full movie. I have to look into it for the next time. Then but, it's a curiosity. Um, it is a curiosity for sure. I haven't seen it in a bit, and it has Smooth Criminal in it. Smooth Criminal is amazing, but also like he turns into panther. He turns into a panther, and like Joe Pesci's in there somewhere, and there's like a giant laser, and he turns into a giant statue. Like that movie's bonkers. If it's a movie, I don't know. Uh, so I, I am going to go um, True Romance. True Romance? Yeah, I think uh, not just to talk about Tarantino some more, but honestly, I think there are other elements. Oh, it's movie. Tarantino. I, I it, He wrote, wrote it. Oh. Um, but like uh, it, Tony Scott jumped off a bridge a few years ago, and he made some excellent movies before he killed himself. And I think people – he did a lot for action. Um. And I, I honestly think it's a good movie. It's weird and it's violent and it's banana brains and a lot of stars are in it. And it's funny. Um, I think you'll enjoy it. All right. We're going to activate. I think, I think we're all pushing for Donnie Darko. I think all of us are kind of like si- quietly going. Chris, Chris, Chris why do you got porn on here? How about that, you shut up? That's my porn that I sent him. Calm down. Wow, Alex, you're into some weird shit. Yeah, I know. Just ignore the dogs. Go ahead, Chris. <laughs> All right. This is between dogs? Nacho Libre, True Romance, and Donnie Darko to replace the next option on the Curiosity Wheel. Oh! Oh, so close. It's Nacho Libre. Nice. Sweet. Sweet. Wow, that was okay. super close. Are you guys seeing this? It's not close. No, I, look, I trust you. Ooh, what do you mean it's not close? Not close. Look at how what close it is. 
What is it almost close to? It's almost close to Donnie Darko. It wasn't almost close to Donnie Darko. Yes, it was. It wasn't. All right, whatever. You're 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 a killjoy. Anyway, all right. <laughs> all right. So for the curiosity wheel that stands right now, we have Titan AE. Oh man, I want that one. Yeah, you do. Wanted. I want that one too. <laughs> you want you want all the fucking actiony adventure movies, and I want some of that serious stuff. Give me some of that art shit. Let's go. Uh, Heart and Souls. Oh, that I just want that now. <laughs> <laughs> Spaceballs. That's fun. It's a fun movie. Uh, Citizen Kane. Uh, I, I'm very interested to see what you think about that movie. I could talk it, for a lot of. In celebration of Jim Carrey, uh, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. That is a that is a crazy banana movie. I love it. It's also like a movie he's not very crazy in. Well, considering what we talked about about romance movies, this is this is going to be a hard one, Chris, because a lot of it is about like about a relationship that like may not work, but they still go for it anyway. It's crazy. It's it's hard to explain, um, but it's powerful. It's a powerful movie. Uh, the Dark Crystal. Great movie. Fun. Apocalypse Now. That oh, is that is a that is a slog. I honestly think you picked it, but <laughs> I, wait a minute. Honestly, Hold on, we're gonna stop right here. Which cut? What do you mean? We by are not doing the redux. We are doing the theatrical. There's no need to get any extended stuff. The theatrical is good enough. Okay. I'll put that in parentheses just in case. I wouldn't suggest anything but theatrical, to be honest. All right. The rest is just a waste of time, I think, in terms of what we're trying to get out. Well, it's already a slog in and of itself. So like, you picked it. I know. No, well, I didn't. I don't think I picked Apocalypse. I picked Heart of Darkness, but that's beyond the point. No, dude, you picked Apocalypse now. I don't Book's think I did. What's it? What's the next one? Book smart. Yep, I picked that. Dread, an import from the Goodwill. Ah, yes, an original. Uh, Bridge on the River Kwai. I'd certainly pitch that. Surfs up. You picked that. <laughs> to put the right movie, Night of the Hunter, on there, on the Goodwill. And about time. I also picked that. All right. So, before I spin, we're going to do this. Bad Wheel, Good Wheel, then next series. Is that good? So, Bad Wheel next time, Good Wheel series. Got it. Yes. Okay. Curiosity after the series, I would assume. Um, yeah. Depending on the series. Wait, shouldn't we do... If we're doing good and bad twice, shouldn't we be doing Curiosity twice? Or did this we... Is oh, the oh, no, Maltese Love. Maltese was the second one. You're right. All right. Ready? Sure. Zach, you can see this, right? Heart is beaten. Here we go. Oh! Ladies and gentlemen, the next movie we are reviewing in the Maestro Movie Podcast is Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Holy shit. <laughs> Chris, you're in for something, I'll tell you. Wow. Okay, so um, yeah. 
Whoa, so, okay. So, so, so okay. Alex, Alex, so we lost the good time travel movie for the other good time travel movie. Well, this is time travel. This is all set inside his head, actually. Um, True, but... So, Chris what, Chris, what do you know about this movie? All I know is that it's Jim Carrey, and it might, may or may not be depressing. It's very okay, depressing. It is, okay, it's very depressing. But it is... Okay, so here is the plot I can give so far. This is going to take me a week to watch. Um, I certainly think you should watch it more than once. Yes. No, I'm going to watch the whole movie over the course of one week. Chris, I think you need to watch this more than once. Uh, Just hear me out. Hear me out. Okay. So I I will go into what this film is and the history of it and everything a little bit real quick before we go. But so the, the plot of the movie is there is a company that creates a service that if you want to erase somebody from your memory, you can't. And they erase the person from your memory. You don't remember ever meeting them. And a lot of people use it to um, get over breakups. And the movie starts with Jim Carrey going to the service because he found out that his ex-girlfriend, Kate Winslet, Kate Winslet um, erased him from her mind. So the movie is him, is, is you, the audience, inside his head as she is slowly getting erased from his mind, memory for memory. And through the process, he's realizing that he didn't want to leave her after all. And as that movie goes on, there are other shenanigans happening outside while his mind is getting erased with Elijah Wood, uh, Kirsten Dunst, and Mark Ruffalo, and Tom Wilkinson as well. Um, They are all sort of, they tie into what is going with him thematically, but it's also kind of funny, silly stuff. It's beautiful. Jim Carrey is great. There is so much inventive uh, filming in this movie. Like, Donnie Darko is a confusing movie. because it's weird and stuff, but like this is pretty straightforward. Like Conan, what happens at the end? It's uh, it's confusing on an emotional level, but like as you're watching it, it ma- it totally makes sense. You're just kind of wowed at all the interesting things that's getting done. And the people who made this are two men: uh, a director named Spike Jones, who started out in music videos and he worked his way into making a handful of amazing movies, um, and a writer named Charlie Kaufman. Charlie Kaufman is you one mean of the Michael weird- Gondry? Yeah, Michael Gondry oh, made this movie. Not Michael Spike Gondry Jones. did this. I'm, I'm sorry. That's right. He's the guy. Um, yeah, that's right. He hasn't done much since then. Yeah. Oh. I totally forgot about Michael Gondry. Oh, my gosh. Well, yeah. I mean, Spike Jones and Charlie Kaufman have done the most. Yeah, that's right. And then I completely forgot that Michael Gondry did this. Holy crap. Um, Anyway, it kind of explains why it's a little bit more emotional. Michael Gondry is a very practical filmmaker. He doesn't like to do too many special effects, so I think you're going to be really interested in how they pulled a lot of this stuff off. Um, but yeah, it's emotional. It is an emotional movie. It's about, the, it's about what you go through when you deal with a breakup. And then there's this interesting kind of sci-fi level to it. It's a lot of great actors, and it's filmed really interestingly, but it's, it's a crazy story. Charlie Coppin is one of the weirdest writers of our generation. He is he. His films are amazing, but they're just they mess with your head, man. And this movie is excellent at doing that. Um, I think it's a treat, but also yes, it's emotionally powerful. It is a drama. Uh, there are funny moments to it, but I think you should watch it more than once, not for the emotional stuff, but because of how like crazy it is. Um, and you might need to watch just to understand a few things. But yes, it's going to be a journey. And I say I think you should start watching it as early in the week as possible. And then if you get through really fast and you enjoy it, sit on it 
until the day of the we do the episode and then try to watch it again. If you don't need to, then great. But like start this early so you can get into it because it's weird and it's a drama and it's a romance. So like these are all things that are um, a little alien to you. Okay. But I think you'll like it. Honestly, it's it's really interesting. It's it's not an Oscar film. It's a it, and it's not an art film. It certainly has a sense of humor about itself, but it's just weird. It's a weird examination of how we how relationships begin and end and the 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 futility and the zaniness of love altogether. What's the like the film almost is like what's the point of love? And then we all just kind of stop and smile because we realize and everyone has their personal reason for smiling. It's a weird it's a weird way to explain this movie, but that's how I feel when I watch it. Yeah. Uh, it's so crazy choice, and uh, Nacho Libre is gonna be fun. Got Nacho Libre on the wheel. Are right. you are you scared, Chris? <laughs> Actually, wait. You know what? How about this? After we're done, I want to see you watch a trailer, and then I'm pretty sure I you... watched a trailer of this movie years ago. Yeah. No. Like, watch the trailer after. Let's do the trailer after this episode. Okay. Turtle Sunshine, spotless mind. Okay, so everybody, oh man, around the around the uh, loop we go. Circle of life, sunrise, sunset. Sunrise, sunset. I was in Fiddler. So, next week, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, and uh, yeah, there you go. And um, wow, okay, Hardcore- yeah. It's eternal sunshine of the spotless mind. We just hop around from just the weirdest stuff, man. We went from I Maltese Falcon to Freddy Got Fingered to Hardcore Henry to Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Absolutely. I feel like um, in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 with Rocket and um, Baby Groot <laughs> and Yondu and Kraglin are hopping through all these different dimensions very rapidly. That's what I feel like right now. I feel like I'm just like melting and my face is warping, and my physiology is changing rapidly. Wow, that's a good that's good that's a good way to put it. This is whiplash for sure. Oh boy, now one of you is going to recommend that movie, and I have vowed not to watch that. So, uh, whiplash so good. One day, one day, maybe, yeah, one day. When it's I actually like- grow a spine, um. If I ever feel like you are trying to go down a path where you think your career is the most important thing in your life, that you'll destroy relationships, then I'll, I'll make you watch that movie. True. I'm getting to that point. Um, okay, so. Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind next time. <laughs> What's up? Eternal Sunshine, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind next time. Say goodbye, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye 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 bye. Bye 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 bye. Crush the balls of a racist. That's just. Bye, woman! <laughs>